today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. This man was changed by Jesus, and that change brought attention. When you are changed by Jesus, people will notice. In fact, people might have a hard time recognizing you. They will go back and forth. Is this the same guy that I was partying with? Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. He's not the same. He's not telling those dirty jokes anymore. Or he's not drinking the beer like he used to. Or she, whatever. (laughs) People change when they get touched by Jesus Christ. Are you confident in the changes Jesus has made in your life or embarrassed? Today, Pastor Eric urges us to embrace the change Jesus brings to us because people will notice. We are a new creation and God has given to us the power of a testimony. Let the daily change he's making in your life speak loudly. Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 9 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. Turning and going takes faith. Turning, repenting, whatever you want to say, takes faith and it takes trust. You might not know Jesus all that well, but he knows you and he wants to help you. Just like this man didn't know Jesus all that well, but yet Jesus wanted to help him. What do you mean that Jesus knows me? Well, Isaiah 44 verse 2 says this, Thus says the Lord who made you and formed you from the womb who will help you. God knows you from the womb. That's pretty amazing. And here's a God in heaven who is saying, I know you and I want to help you. I want to help you. If you're struggling, which, by the way, we all struggle at some point, okay? You're not, you're not, uh, once you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're not exempt from struggling. We all struggle. I struggle. You struggle, okay? But Jesus is saying in those times of struggle, whatever it may be, whatever you are just struggling with, and this man was struggling with blindness, I'm sure that he came to the point of accepting it, but don't you think that there was times where he got frustrated and says, I just want to see everybody else around me, my family members, and at this point, I'm sure that he was even outside of the environment of the culture and the community because there was something wrong with him. Don't you think that he wanted to be like everybody else? I'm sure he did. He is struggling with this blindness, but yet Jesus says, I can help you. And Jesus is saying that to us this morning. I can help you. I formed you in the womb. I know what you're struggling with. Even if the people at church don't know what you're struggling with, and if they can't help you, I can help you. And folks, we need to turn to the one who can help you. As much as I want to help you, I cannot help you with your internal struggles. Only Christ can. Therefore, we must go to Him to allow Him. We must have that faith and trust to allow Him. Because here's the thing is that if you don't allow Him, He's not going to force Himself upon you. The call for trust and faith is being made this morning. Are you willing to be changed? Are you willing to be changed? Then call out and trust. If so, head to the water, just like this man did. Jesus said, go to the water. And oftentimes the Bible refers uh, and points to water to the Holy Spirit of God. And so Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, he said, 
Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. He was speaking of physical water at the well. He continues in John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. If you want to go from your blindness this morning, then go to the water, the living water. He will change you. The Lord will change you by the water of the Holy Spirit. You will be changed according to God's word. Now, continuing on, in verses 8 through 38, we'll see the man now is changed. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. And he said, I am he. Verse 10, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Shiloh and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Verse 12, then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. Verse 13, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Uh Uh-oh. Verse 15, then the Pharisees also asked him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not of God or from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was division among them. They said to the blind man again, What do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes? And he said, He is a prophet. Verse 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes? We do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. Verse 22 says, His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. I pause there because it hurts my heart because if there's church leaders today that are saying deny Christ or get out of church, It breaks my heart. Therefore, his parents said, He is of age, ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, Give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. And he answered and said, Whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Ouch. 
Then they reveled at him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Why, this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. Verse 33, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins, and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Oh man, the blind man can see, and his neighbors question. They're like, is this the guy that was blind and begged? I mean, he's our neighbor. Is this the one? Are you sure? And some said, oh yeah, that's him. Some said, no, that can't be him. He looks a little different. Well, he's different because he can see, you know? And so therefore, they, they take him and they ask him the story. And he says, hey, this guy named Jesus, uh, I've never really heard of him before. He, he anointed me. He told me to go wash and I washed and I can see. And they're like, where's he at? And he says, I don't know. I don't know where he's at. Well, let's do the next best thing then. Let's take him to the church leadership then. And we'll, uh, we'll ask them. And so they go, and on this day, did you guys catch it? It was the Sabbath day. And the Sabbath, Jesus healed again on the Sabbath. Do you remember back? He healed the man in the pool on the Sabbath. And that angered the church leadership. And they're like, you're breaking the rules, Jesus. And we want to kill you. You know? And, and so Jesus did it again. Why? Because he was obedient to his Father in heaven. And he must do the works of God why he is still on earth. And so then the leaders asked him, how were you healed? Okay, I'm going to tell it again. A guy named Jesus put clay on my eyes, and they left out the spitting part, and he told me to go wash, and then I came back and I can see. You must not have been born blind. What? You're a crazy man. Where's his parents at? So the parents then come into the church, and the people were afraid. Did you see that? The parents were afraid of the church. And right now, I just repent, man, from the church churches who have made man feel afraid. Because that is not God's heart. To say that I'm going to lord over you, to say that church leadership is, this is, you know, this is the authority Man, woe to us that think that, because God is the authority. And for anybody who has been made afraid because of church leadership, I am sorry. I'm sorry that you've gone through that. But these people said, listen, yes, that's our son. We know that's our son. He was born blind. But as far as how he was healed, we don't know, because they were afraid. They didn't want to get cast out of church. And so then they, they said, ask him. He's of age, you know. <laughs> Put it back on the boy. It's a good thing to learn. I'm going to try that, you know. <laughs> the boy then, the man, however old he was, again tells the Pharisees how it happened. And then they treated him like he was stupid. And he was like, you know what? You guys are asking so much about him. Do you want to be his disciples? Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, you insulted me. We're Moses' disciples. Well, you're asking a lot about Jesus, man. You want to go follow him? Absolutely not. You're, you're a blind man. You were blind. You know, you don't, you're uneducated. Why are you teaching us? <laughs> the man who is blind, formerly blind, says that, you know what? If this guy is not from God, man, he wouldn't be able to do anything. He must be from God. And so then the church leadership were offended because they were not teachable because they were prideful. Rejected it. You're an idiot. <laughs> You're trying to talk to me and teach me? Get out of the church. The guy bailed out. He went out. He took off. But here's the point, you guys. This man was changed by Jesus, and that change brought attention. When you are changed by Jesus, people will notice. In fact, people might have a hard time recognizing you. They will go back and forth. Is this the same guy that I was partying with? Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. He's not the same. He's not telling those dirty jokes anymore. Or he's not drinking the beer like he used to. Or she, whatever. <laughs> People change when they get touched by Jesus Christ. Embrace the change that Jesus brings to you. Embrace it. Don't be ashamed of it. Be confident in the change that Christ has brought. The Bible says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have become a new believer. You have been changed. As you operate in your new self, people are going to recognize this change, especially those who know you best. And it's in those times when they recognize it that you shine, just as this man did. He continued to give his witness his testimony. God has given to you, believer, a power, the power of a testimony. And testimony is a witness of what has taken place. If Jesus Christ has changed you, you have a testimony. Pastor, my testimony really stinks, you know. I didn't go to jail or do drugs or, you know, anything like that. Who cares? Your testimony is powerful because Jesus Christ changed you. And here's the cool thing about testimonies. It just doesn't happen once. Every single day, you are being touched by Jesus Christ. Therefore, every single day, you have a powerful testimony to share to those who are around you. You are being changed daily, just as we learned last week. Your testimony is a tool for the work of God. God uses this tool to help others. You don't just, again, have that one testimony, you guys. God is changing us daily, and there is power in this testimony. Listen to this if you don't believe me. In Revelation chapter 12, it says this, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. This is where I want you to listen to in verse 11 of chapter 12. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of what? Their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So here John is writing the vision that God gave him in heaven 
And there he points out the one who stands in heaven day and night accusing the brethren, the believers. Day and night, Satan is accusing you before God. And what he is saying is true. You did wrong. You screwed up. You're a sinner. Look at him. But the thing is that they, speaking of the saints, have overcome Satan and his accusations because of two reasons. Number one, by the blood of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? Jesus Christ. Number two, because of their testimony. The testimony that God had given them, they were able to overcome him. Why? Because your testimony points to God. And God has overcome Satan. Hello? (laughs) Did you catch that, you guys? You overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and the word of your testimony. Testimony is powerful. Therefore, receive the change and tell others about the, the one who has changed you because he wants to change them. Finishing off. Getting ready to land this thing, right? Verse 35 through 41. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. What do you think he felt? And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Thank you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. I believe. And he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. (sighs) I really struggled with this passage, and I prayed, 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 Lord, reveal it to me. I don't understand this. You want us to see, but then you want us to become blind? What are you talking about? You know, the Pharisees asked Jesus, are we blind also? Jesus responded again, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Jesus wants you and I to see, but he also wants you and I to be blind. What? Yes. (laughs) That's my answer, yes. Both are right. Jesus came to give us sight to our sins so that he can heal us. But once given sight, Jesus gives us blindness to our sin. Once a person comes to Jesus, God sees that person no longer a sinner, but as holy. Jesus wants you and I to have the same eyes as God, one who no longer sees the sin in our life. Your sin was exposed to you. Why? Because you allowed the Holy Spirit to show you. You allowed the sin to be exposed to you, so you saw it. And once you saw it, you turned from it, you repented from it, and then you became blind to it. God sees your sins, 
God forgives your sins. God forgets your sins. The Lord said this in Jeremiah, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Jesus has given you sight to see your sins. And when you turn, when you repent from your sins, he will give you eyes not to see them. Because your sin no longer remains. But listen, please listen. If you see your sin, your sin remains. If you see your sin, your sin remains. It's time to turn away from your sin so you don't see it. If you still see the sin, the sin remains. It doesn't have power over you as a believer, but it's still in your life. And if God has revealed it to you, that means God wants to get rid of it. Just as we learned last week, he goes to the house, the temple of God, which you are, the Bible says, that he wants to cleanse you. He is perfecting you daily. Therefore, if God has exposed you to a sin, turn from it by giving it to Jesus and then no longer seeing it because you have allowed him to take it away. Once it's gone, you can't see it. And I thought of this last night, and I was like, wow. Because the sins that I know that I struggled with, that God has, and I allowed him to remove, I don't see those sins anymore. But the sin that I see constantly, God showed me that I have not given it to him so that he could remove it away from me so I can no longer sin. Talk about an ouch, but talk about a praise Jesus because that makes total sense to me now about seeing and then being blind. Because here's the fact, you guys. When Jesus said to the Pharisees, when they said, are we also blind? Or, or, you know, and he says, you know what? You say you can see. Because they were being sarcastic. And because they see, they were still seeing and they were still remaining in their sins. Powerful, man. Sin that has been removed. Let Jesus remove it. So then you can be blinded from it. And that's where I truly believe. That's where the freedom is. We hear all the time, our sins are forgiven, our sins are forgiven. But why do I keep seeing it? Because you haven't let that sin go. You haven't let it go. And it's time to let the sin go. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, for my sins. He paid the price. He has set you free. You are victorious. He has made you the hero in the story because of his blood. You are victorious in his name. Therefore, he says, let me remove it, hero. Since you're victorious in my name, let let me remove it so you can no longer see it. Again, to see the love of God for you and I, that he is thinking of you. He is thinking of you. He's thinking of you. When you think God's not thinking of you, say, yes, he is because he cares for me and he loves me. Guys, change is good, especially when Jesus is behind it. The trust in Jesus, have faith in him to change you, and that's just simply allowing him, and even taking the steps, just trusting in what he's put on your heart. And then we tell others about the change through the testimony that he has changed us. And once you see your sin, turn from your sin, and then see your sin no more. Amen? Be changed. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. 
Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.